0: Guy with a skrull chin. Has there ever been any. I think I've asked you this before and I don't remember what your answer was. Has there ever been. Has anyone ever attempted to address the, uh, his skrull like appearance?
1: Uh, I believe it get. I think it gets answered in that recent uh, Thanos Rising miniseries that came out this past uh, okay. year or but last was year. Was Garlin
0: involved with that? No. Right. That's what uh, I thought. Was
1: Jason? I believe Jason Aaron and I know Simone Bianchi. Ah, uh, okay. Was the artist? I think I did some skimming here of like one or two things, and I know the stuff with him as a child, so I think it would be in there. Okay. But I don't know. Okay, but that's yeah. Fair. I'm really enjoying the Thanos stuff. Part of me is thinking, maybe I should have made this a Thanos and Warlock
0: podcast. A Thanos and Warlock. Well, that actually... The name didn't mean you changed. It still works. Resurrections. That's true, because Thanos keeps getting resurrected, too. And it really would have... uh, It would have been conceptually very consistent because the um, high point, if you will, the the, the big uh, kahuna of Warlock stories, the Starlin run... Is part of the whole Thanos overarching. I mean, those are, issues are contained in the Avengers versus Thanos massive trade yes, paperback. I was, I
1: was looking at that, as it wasn't working. Right. We have it there. I don't know. I'm still tossing it back and forth in my head. Even if I would do that, I don't think I would do that until I get to the point where this version of Warlock die uh, gets his final death. Okay. And then maybe I would go back to. Oh, no, actually, maybe not that. Maybe. If I was to do that, maybe I would do it right before the Starlin stuff, like when they finished the Counter-Earth stuff. Well, Because then I would just have to go back and do the Captain... I think it's just Captain Marvel really right, is where Thanos Exactly, appeared. and
0: as I have oh, read and a Marvel 2-in-1. As I have read that entire uh, Captain Marvel, that it, the initial that. Captain Marvel run from Iron Man 55 up through... Um, and there's a Marvel team-up I know where Thanos Marvel exactly. uh, Marvel team-up... Uh, or 2-in-1. Two-in-one, the Marvel two-in-one, which really doesn't have much to do with but Thanos. But it still is. That's basically Iron Man I and the Thing. I did three issues of Thor that uh, all you have is an Adam in a
1: cocoon on the last page. Like, I'm not, like, that's more no, than no, enough. No, 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 right, to... right, yeah, no, the, the,
0: the way, the only reason the um the, the two-in-one only works because uh, uh, the uh, Iron Man and the Thing uh, have a big old 22-page bash-em-up. With the Blood Brothers in the desert. Yes. And that's pretty much the extent of it. And I do think at one point, you know, they're like, oh, you know, Master Lord. Because at that point, Thanos was still getting called Master Lord. Master Lord, what do we do? And he's like... You have failed. You die. You know, and it's like a whole thing. But oh, we that, can get it to. The, but the point is, I can guest star a lot more on your podcast if you do that. So uh, put that in the back here. That's pipe a good enough reason it. to put that, that issue in because he appears in a panel.
1: Are you kidding? After I after I finish doing the uh, the star the initial seventy stuff of Starling uh-huh. Warlock. Uh huh. I want to do all the issues that he just has, like the panel appearance, like his all his cameos, cameos. All the okay, Before I that's jump fair. to the early the '90s stuff when he comes back. So we're talking like Avengers 118. You know, it's like an issue of Fantastic Four. Half the time it's flashback. Yeah, you know, there's a panel in like a Peter,
0: Peter Parker uh, issue 15, mm-hmm. Hulk Annual six. Oh man, you are you are going to get esoteric on us. It's called content generation. <laughs> oh, it's like 6 or 7 ish episodes of just hey, I can talk about other people other, other other Marvel that, stuff and jump awesome. a There's a lot of, and there's a lot of fun stuff and that's the, that to me was always the big appeal oh, of the Marvel universe uh, as a concept. Um, and I never got this like on my occasional dips into the uh the the distinguished competitions uh similar sort of universe concept Um, I never got the same rewarding experience that I got. The nice thing about the Marvel Universe is ultimately everything really is tied together, and if you follow one character's thread through, there is plenty of opportunity to branch out and encounter so many other characters and stories and types of stories. So if you're following a cosmic character like Adam Warlock through the bulk of his life, and then uh, at some point you're going to branch off into something street level like Spider-Man, or you're going to branch off even into something... Um, you you might ultimately wind up uh, Fibonacci sequencing yourself into uh, 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 the New Avengers or something like that. I mean, there's just all sorts of ways
1: to go. There is that. I will say this, because I'm trying to think, uh, I was thinking about what you were saying just now, and I'm not refuting, because you were entirely correct. I will say as a counterpoint to it, though, Mm -hmm. one thing for DC, especially when you got towards the Bronze Age, let's Mm -hmm. say, because, yes, you read Batman, and it feels like it's... a Batman is alone in the world for the most part. Mm -hmm. Same thing with like Superman, for instance. But I will say you get that when you read, especially some of the team stuff like Legion of Superheroes. Mm -hmm. Although Mm -hmm. granted, it's their own world, but that's a whole universe. Mm -hmm. Or Justice League, Mm -hmm. because they'll have they have so many of them interacting together, just the team members. But every year there was a crossover with the Justice Society. Mm -hmm. Granted, they didn't have their own title for the most part, but still they appeared like every summer. There's like two issues with the JSA. And then for a while there, they were bringing in, because DC kept buying other companies, so they would bring in Captain Marvel one time, mm-hmm. and then they would have, oh, we bought the characters and quality, so we're going to have the Freedom Fighters, and now we have the Seven Soldiers of Victory. And now we've
0: got Plastic and Man, like, and now we've got Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. And now, and-
1: oh, let's do one with the Legion of Superheroes. And actually, when you read that title, that that gives you a very much the same feel. So I'll give you a counterpoint, though, with Marvel, you get that. But then you're buying five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten titles, DC, on the other hand, you don't get as much you know variety. I mean, spreading out to like different titles, but it's a little cheaper because you buy a title, and you get that world. You get a world feel in that title, but you read the other stuff. Grant, but granted, you can't do that by going, "Oh, I'm going to start reading Batman now. Maybe I'll get like appearances by these other people." No, you're not going to. Right. And then, of course, if you really like the one character and you want to go on with them, you kind of have to just go with just them. You're not going to have.
0: You know, like you said, you know, this, someone's going to pop up
1: in Spider-Man's book. Um, so it's a kind of goes back and forth. My you know, last word on points. the
0: topic because this is not the subject of this podcast. This is uh, no, but it's a nice uh, intro. It's a nice intro. Um, this is my uh, both my counter counterpoint, but also really more of a clarification of my earlier. Uh, uh uh point is is you're right about that and i know that there was a lot of that i guess for me qualitatively and as a, as a as a consumer of storytelling a, a rabid avaricious consumer of storytelling constantly searching for that next um a, you know endorphin rush and and mammalian brain surge from the experience of storytelling there is definitely for me a qualitative difference between um, a a a team up and or uh, guest starring uh, role, and the uh, a larger or deeper sense that um, of of living in the same uh, sphere of existence and things happening here having an effect. Like I guess my point is, it's not just characters; it's also uh, events and settings and. And and phenomena and just, just things happening in the background, just that just give you more of a sense of it's not just hey they could run into each other at any time, but they actually live in the same world where something that affects this will also affect like in the eighties when
1: the casket of ancient winters was open in Thor, and right. pretty much every Marvel title at some point had. It being winter. Right, in, even in if they weren't way.
0: going to go to Thor's aid and close the Casket of no Ancient clue. Winters just, themselves. Even they
1: had no clue, they're just like, why and is it that- snowing in July? Although, exactly. And they did it without going, Casket of Ancient Winters crossover. Right. So it wasn't
0: like, oh, it oh was just- I'm going to buy this because it's part of the story. You just were reading going... And um, I'm just saying, as a general rule, no, the Marvel Universe has given me that, give you that, and as a, as a rule, that is why it has been a more rewarding experience for me. I will me give you that. Marvel a...
1: definitely had that much more from the beginning. DC got that oh, after Crisis. Okay. Definitely. Yep. That, be- that, that changed, and after the first Crisis on Infinite Earths, that did change, and that became much more of that kind of universe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Previous to that, it was definitely, like I said before, everyone was in their own little universe unless you were reading Just League, and then you kind of got the sense of a world, but
0: it was only really like one or two titles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, so now back to, and And now back to the adventures of Thanos the purple-faced goon with delusions of grandeur. And that's our long-winded
1: way of saying welcome to Resurrections and Adam Warlock Podcast. (laughs)
0: I'm your host, Al Sedano, and back with me again is... I'm Brian Zeno of the Podwitz Podcast
1: Network. And we're going to try and get a little more of our way through the Thanos Infinity Revelation graphic novel. We are swimming upstream, as it were, but valiantly fighting it every step of the way. Although, I was counting through the pages after we did the last episode, and I realized it's about the length of four issues. And since I normally do an issue an episode anyway... If we're doing... Because we're not going to get through the whole thing this time. So we're going to do one more. So it's going to be four parts for this thing. So okay. It's that's in, fair. That's basically fair. It's still working out to be an issue, an episode. So, so that works out.
0: I'm counting on you, Mr. Sedano, to... Uh, uh uh, Mr. Cidenu. Um I'm um, counting on you to uh, let me know where we left off last time, because yes. I've forgotten, frankly, no, I if remember. I'm being frank.
1: And actually, I was looking over this, and it's helping doing taking time with this, because I have more time to think about it. I figured out, we're going to get there in a few pages, I figured out the whole continuity issue we were having. Okay. Silver Surfer working with Galactus, okay. and annihilate, uh not Annihilation, but... um. Is this since pre-annihilation
0: infinity? wave, post-annihilation wave? Yeah. Is this wave? after infinity
1: or before infinity? It will all be answered, I think, in a few pages. Oh, all will become clear. I look forward to yes. all
0: becoming but clear. But first,
1: I'm going to give you a quick recap of the last, uh, what happened in the first two parts we did. And since we don't want to waste more time, I'm just, well, let's go behind the curtain. I'm going to be quiet for about 30 sec, about five seconds, and I'm going to drop that in when I record it later on. So, hold on, here's the drop. Infinity and Eternity are told by the Living Tribunal that the universe is going to undergo ecumenical transfiguration. That is, it is going to change. None of them are happy about it, or who is supposed to be at the center of it. Meanwhile, Thanos has noticed that something is off with both himself and the universe, and after a failed attempt to discuss this with Drax the Destroyer, breaks into the palace of his ex, Mistress Death, in order to use the Infinity Well. To his surprise, Death is okay from doing that, but asks him to take a certain spirit back with him. Back in his own ship, Thanos ponders what he saw in the well, which was a mysterious box and a sequence of 35 numbers. While trying to work this out, the spirit he brought back has managed to form a physical body for itself, and Adam Warlock is reborn. Adam comes to, and we see, but the characters do not seem to notice, that his costume seems to shift back and forth from the last outfit he wore as part of the Guardians of the Galaxy and a new one. Thanos fills him in on the imbalance he feels in his quest. Meanwhile, the Silver Surfer feels this wrongness as well, and traces it back to an ancient and abandoned planet. Abandoned, except for the remains of an archeological dig and the lone stoned caretaker. Beneath the surface, the Surfer finds a large, strange cosmic item. While this is happening, Thanos has traveled to the Badoon homeworld, where his computer has located the box he is trying to find. It is one of the Badoon's most holy relics, and Thanos is able to acquire it with his normal amount of diplomacy and tact. On Thanos' ship, Adam realizes the numbers need to be broken up, and they turn out to be galactic coordinates. While they travel these coordinates, Adam and Thanos have a chat about Thanos' recent exploits and mental state. The coordinates take them to the same planet the Silver Surfer found. There, they find Icon of the Space Knights, and after taking her out, find themselves under attack by her team, made up of Ronan the Accuser, Gladiator, Battery Bill,
0: and Quasar. The Annihilators. <laughs> <laughs> wow, your phone had perfect timing. I know. Alright, <laughs> we're back. Obviously. So,
1: we left off, I don't know what
0: page number it is, because the graphic, I'm using the actual book and it does not have pages. In the digital version that I bought from Comixology, it is uh, labeled as page uh, 40 of 99. No, that's nope. not the page. That nope, page. That was the next. Uh, we got to right here. We we didn't do this last. Sorry, panel. page forty-two of ninety-nine.
1: Yes, because forty is the one from Marvel: The End. Because right. I went back to read it actually okay. to see if I was correct. It is Marvel: The End. Although I actually didn't get through that. I only got to the first two issues because I thought I found a series I forgot, Infinity Abyss, mm-hmm. which he had did. The- Starlin did the year before. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe stuff from here was in that, but all these panels here with him fighting the crazy Spar-
0: space pharaoh. Okay. That is Marvel: The End, and actually. That is King Tut's dad. Oh, okay. Is he any relation to uh, Ramatut slash uh, Kang slash Immortus? Not that I've seen in the okay. first two issues. He has them
1: captive. Okay. He has all the time travel people, like everyone who normally travels through time, use that as their shtick. Yeah, They're the captive. Type. But that's who he's supposed to be. He's King Tut's dad, so he's supposed to be the actual pharaoh who was. I think. I mean, I didn't look double check to see if the name was the same. Mm-hmm. But if you know anything about ancient Egypt about King Tut that his father had tried to get re- change the religion and make it just one god. It was the sun god. And he even changed the capital mm-hmm. from to where somewhere else. And he talks about having done that in this series. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming the name will be the same. Okay. But that's who that was. Just real quick, since we were like, oh, I was trying to remember last time. Okay, fair enough. And then we have the full-page spread that you were having fun with Pygra being in there. hmm And then they talk about uh, the fact that Thanos thought, he had, Thanos thought he had died at the end of that. Right. And... Which kind of did happen there. Mm-hmm. And then we go back now where we are, where Adam tells him, you know, it was a death that didn't last. Mm-hmm. And this is when Thanos says, I began to act oddly. <laughs> it was the so-called heroic period, which is the 12-issue Thanos series mm-hmm. that was done right before Annihilation. Starlin did the first six issues, and Keith Giffen wrote the last six issues.
0: Okay. Um, did that play into uh, Annihilation at it all? It led in a bit. It, I would say, if you're reading, I would call... I would I've say, been intending to read Annihilation and Annihilation Conquest, uh, both as a precursor to getting into the DNA Guardians of the Galaxy series, and I'm wondering if I should include I would, the Thanos I would uh, include series as a... I
1: the Thanos 12-issue series and the Drax mini series. Well, the Drax Four issue mini series is situation. actually
0: uh, officially the first part of Annihilation. It is an
1: official one. The Thanos one, because that's
0: the fir- that is the first chunk. It kind of is. the The Drax Four issue mini series is the first uh, is the first chunk of Annihilation Volume One of the Annihilation yeah. Volume One trade paperback. I would say. I don't
1: know how much from, try, I'm trying to remember it's been a while since I read it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's 100% necessary, but I think it would be it's a good as long as it would it.
0: enhance it then I I'm think it for would it. enhance it a bit and I think it was enjoyable enough. Okay. So uh love just to uh just to do a real quick uh panel appreciation here on page 41. Um the last panel where uh, Thanos does say uh um where he recounts the, the unexpected appearance of Mistress Death. Um, he's just, he's giving, like, such a characteristic Thanos sneer. Oh, yeah, the last it's like, of, yeah. yeah. The, I mean, one of the nice things. I've been struggling a bit with the plot and continuity uh, of of this uh, yes. graphic novel. Yes. It, 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 in terms of event, and uh, uh incident. It, it's been stymieing me just a bit, but I will say one of the real strengths of this graphic novel and one of the things that I've really, really been enjoying uh, about it overall has been the way Starlin, by uh, accident or design, has been really drawing Thanos' character and personality in much stronger terms. He's definitely turning Thanos... I have, prior to this, my and I've said this in the previous episodes, prior to this, my main exposure to Thanos was in the early 70s issues where he first encountered uh, Captain Marvel and when he first encountered Iron Man and the Avengers. And in those he was very much, even under the pen of Starlin as a writer, he was very much a generic megalomaniacal space conqueror thug. And in this graphic novel, specifically the Infinity Revelation, Starlin is making great strides in making Thanos more three-dimensional and, as a consequence, more entertaining to read about. He's a cultured thug. I'm more interested in Thanos as an individual now than... You know, and reading about him thusly, rather than just as a uh, dangerous obstacle for the heroes to overcome. I was getting... Actually, when I was rereading, like I said before, Infinity Abyss and the bit of Marvel the end, I'm getting the same
1: thing. Like, he's doing the same thing with Thanos there Mm -hmm. in, like, 2002 and 3. I'm getting a lot of that feeling of
0: Thanos. He's having... There's a lot, it's, it's a very simple, it's just very fleshing him out and giving him more of a character and less of just a story role, more of a character. And it's panels like this one where you just get a close up of his face and really all he's doing is gritting his teeth and sneering at the camera. But I'm saying as, as part of the process that we're discussing, this panel is one of the things that really is, is a solid footstep along that path to a more fully rounded and entertaining Thanos. Yeah. So that's just something I wanted to point but out just, there.
1: But just real quick, what you were saying about how you feel about the story, actually, mm-hmm. I just to, I remembered I had this here. Uh, my other regular co-host, John Wilson, been uh-huh. do, doing a lot of the 70s Warlock Hello, stuff. Hello, John. Right? And he'll be back in about two episodes then mm-hmm. with that. Actually, uh, he didn't make a comment to the show, but he made a comment on Twitter about this, reading this. Mm-hmm. And he said something very similar to what you were saying. Oh, okay. Thanos the Infinity Revelation. That was definitely trippy with a very cool storytelling device. But what was it all for? Yes. Which sounds very much like you're saying. Wh- which I was saying. Trippy? hmm You're liking how it's being done,
0: but you're like, but... Ultimately, what's what does it, it made of? What does it mean? What's yeah. going on? Like, like, ultimately, what effect? I mean, was this just uh, uh, 99 pages of solid page rate for Starlin? Um, which, let's... I mean, look, I don't mean to get too cynical about it. You know that, you know, I'm a four-color fanboy. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big, unrepentant, lifelong enthusiast of comics and the stories they tell. But it it pays to also keep in mind that a lot of the time, it is a business, and a lot of times stuff happens for contractual reasons. You know, hey, this dude needs a paycheck. He's got to churn out, you know, 20, 40, 60 more pages of content in order to feed himself and his family for the next month, so... You know, so I guess... So there was a part of me that wondered if all of this was was just a contractual paycheck for Starlin or if it was an aid of something.
1: I mean, I can see the question of of that because, A, obviously Thanos is getting a lot of stuff recently because Mm -hmm.
0: he's big now because he's in the
1: movies and everyone's like, (laughs) Bingo, yes. Thanos, that's why we have that Thanos Rising series. They have the Infinity crossover. Mm -hmm. Uh, This, they have the Thanos vs. the Hulk miniseries coming out soon, Mm -hmm. which is another Starlin one. Mm -hmm. You know, but also the fact that I mean, from everything I've read from creators about things, doing stuff, is that Mm -hmm. one of the things that always helps a creator get work again Mm -hmm. is doing it on time. Yes, People who do it on time, yes. even if they're not as good as some other ones, will always get a shot at getting work Yes, because, maybe not the highest profile books, but they'll get a shot at getting work because the editors know, ooh, I can get my book
0: out and not get my ass chewed that, out by my boss. And that right there is why the name of Sal Buscema is on 75% of the Marvel comics published between 1970 and 1990. Because he got stuff done. Because the man worked fast and consistent.
1: Well, same thing with, I mean... Granted, it was also because he was creating it, but Kirby, I mean, the man yes, drew several yes. pages a day yeah. all the time. He could do a couple titles a month. Granted, they, you know, they were like half-time, they are like half-titled, but still, like, that's way more than a lot of current artists will be able to do Absolutely. in a month. Um, and also for Starlin, also, we'll go with this, Let's uh, at this current time, it's not always easy to get for older creators to get work. They yeah. seem to keep going for what's, what's the new hotness, who are the new hot guys. You're right. And so, some, you know, some people who are still very, could still do something very relevant and very good are getting pushed by the wayside. So, it doesn't hurt for Starlin to be the, also be the, I'm getting my stuff done and I will get, you know, you want a Thanos graphic novel? I'll give you a Thanos graphic novel. What's the date? What's the due date? I'll have it a week early. Right. Because. That's fair. But, yeah. and, 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 okay, to get, to make that a And I'm just going a with a that less, I'm right. not saying I believe that. It's a, definitely because a possibility. reading Starlin's stuff previously. This seems fully in line with a lot of what he
0: does. (laughs) Right. No, and that's true. And I also think... I also think that... uh, to move in a less cynical direction uh, it, it it plays both ways. The fact of the matter is Starlin created Thanos Marvel really wants Thanos to be a thing with his presence in the in the cinematic universe and And the fact that if you can you know it 's a good concept and it it 's one that has led to good stories in the past. Lord knows is that uh, for better or for worse, infinity gauntlet, it remains one of the most famous and touchstone uh, comic book stories yes. of the last thirty years. So the point I, I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm getting at here is I think it's not just cynical, filthy lucre, money, money, money. I think on on either Marvel or Starlin's part, I think it's also you know that that Star- Marvel wanted to bring Thanos back, and you know since Starlin probably has some sort of interest in it. I mean Marvel especially at the time that he created it, you know, Starlin doesn't own any piece of Thanos. Marvel was not in any way, shape, or form But wasn't he credited obligated with the, pe- the
1: creation of him in Guardians oh, of the Galaxy? No, absolutely. Yes.
0: And Which the- I think means he gets a paycheck. Right, but I'm saying I don't think Marvel was under any legal obligation. If they want to do something with Thanos, I don't think they were under any legal obligation to, to it- involve Starlin. True. Sure. But that said, I think that uh, they probably came to him. It's my understanding that the current um, um, manage, uh, creative management at the comic side of Marvel, uh, Axel Alonso and, uh, Joe Quesada and Alan Fine and those guys, um, are very, very pro creator and very, very good to work with. That's been the, the account I've gotten from numerous well, creators. Um, in interviews and, and other accounts, so they probably said, "Hey, we want to do something with Thanos. Um, let's reach out to Starlin." And they probably made some sort of deal where Starlin says, "Okay, you let me turn Thanos into a thing. You let me, you know, make Thanos into my creative outlet. I have things I want to say and things I want to and do Thanos with Thanos, is my outlet for that. And, and Thanos is something that I can work with and have a creative interest in." And if I, you know, if you give me that creative control over the character, then I will turn in content on time that will sell for you and it was probably in that way a mutually beneficial creative agreement both creative and financial
1: because so they had that recent thing of marvel doing that people voting the 75 greatest marvel stories
0: absolutely yes starlin's
1: warlock is on there Uh uh-huh the infinity gauntlet was probably in the top five i'm pretty certain it is on there and also death of captain marvel which Uh is starlin and Mm -hmm. while it's not a full one it does have thanos yes so it would make sense also going hey people still love his work with Thanos Yes, exactly So it would make sense then That since he's still around let, Let's, you know Let's see if he'll do something with Thanos Both yeah. in a creative way of, Well, this creatively makes sense As opposed And also with a, Well, hopefully that means it'll sell
0: too And just to put one last Slightly cynical uh, footnote on this Before we return to the actual pages um, Of the graphic novel uh, one slightly cynical footnote as, or postscript here is that it's probably really, it helped Marvel in a PR sense too. This was really good PR for Marvel because especially, um, I don't know how much attention in the wider comics community Sean Howe's, uh, brilliant and very readable tell-all, uh, account of Marvel's history, Marvel the Untold Story.
1: I know of it. I have to, I have to get it and do it, it. It's brilliant.
0: I, it. I read it. I recommend it unreservedly. I don't know how much notice and or, uh, profile it got in the larger comics community but in light of that it made me very aware of how shabbily marvel had treated many of its well-known creators not just kirby who's the most high-profile case but many but guys like uh steve gerber and yes. um even john byrne to an extent who was such a good I, you know and and i guess the point is for marvel to do such a high-profile bridge mending starlin was one of the creators who had left marvel several times due to uh uh, difficulties with uh, the conditions of working for Marvel. And so I think for Marvel, under the new 21st century regime, to so publicly mend a bridge that had been burnt previously um, is not just... Uh, a good thing for them in terms of getting new Thanos content on the shelves, but it's probably also a very uh, profitable PR move well, for like them the on thing every about level.
1: Well, having about screening Guardians for Bill Mantlow before it came mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You exactly. That, right? Yeah.
0: No, I absolutely yeah. did, and an absolute genius. You know.
1: Now, my qu- I'm wondering on that. Was that always on Marvel's end, or was that in management end? In other words, like, ownership, like, rules. Like, in other words, is that just people who were editors and editor-in-chiefs who were causing this? Or was that basically a, maybe a combination of, like, more that, but more so edicts handed down of, no, we're not giving this to them, and no, we don't want them. This is what makes money. Kind of like the way that the Spider-Man clone saga went on forever. Yes. Because it was originally a story that they had an idea for, and then the people who were in charge, the, the money people, were like, this sells
0: don't he, stop this! Right, and you, it was, and then also,
1: the editors go, "Okay,
0: keep going." Yeah, and plus, it was, uh, and it was also prolonged because um, part of the fight was uh, Mary Jane. I believe, or I might be mixing up my time periods, but uh, there was a period at which Mary Jane was pregnant, I heard and that, yes, the creators on every level, the editor and the writer at the time, who I believe was David Michellini,
1: probably he was um, one of the writers, one right of the four writers, months. you
0: know. Um, they wanted her to have the baby and management not editor not the editorial but management was steadfast set against uh spider-man having a kid because at the time they had lucrative merchandising deals they had marketing plans and they were trying desperately to sell uh, spider-man movie rights and for all those reasons they felt that spider-man becoming a parent would be damaging to the brand in terms of relation to the audience and blah 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 so the management kept saying no editorial kept saying but we want to and while that fight was going on like the pregnancy just stretched out 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 and and out and out out out. because they couldn't pull the trigger either way and I think that that was also a like if that wasn't if it wasn't that specific thing then a very similar type of situation was at play in the interminability of the original of the clone saga that would explain why what happened was she had the baby and then That's it. Yeah. It just kind of went away. But anyway, the point I'm getting at, and man... So I wonder if maybe
1: Disney... Well, just still part of it.
0: But to get back to that, um, it was a large part of it was um, not necessarily editorial. You're right. I think a large part of it was management because so much of the dispute, so much of the dispute came about um, in the late 70s and the early 80s at the advent of the direct market. Mm. Um, and when the direct market went into effect and people who worked for Marvel were instrumental in not just taking advantage of the direct market, but creating the direct market. So as Marvel profit, profited from this new uh, marketing model that, wa- that they were instrumental in the creation of, creators, very rightfully in my view, um, wanted... Uh, more creative control of the characters that they created. Yes. They wanted to create something and have ownership and 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 some stake in it, and not just turn it over as as property as to the corporation as work for hire. Exactly. And um, ownership steadfastly. Uh, opposed this. Now, it needs to be said: editorial, especially Shooter, was not much help. Shooter is not the unrepentant monster that a lot of uh, historians make him out to be. He is not, he is not the be.
1: complete uh, martyr either.
0: He, but he was not always the best friend of creative either. He was he was very much a mixed bag. Um, well, anyway, long story short, I could sit here and talk about this for the next. We'll go for another minute and then we'll do
1: that because I want to say because it kind of makes sense because. Look where Shooter started from. Look who he trained under. Yeah. I, was it wasn't like Mort Weisinger, Weisinger. yeah. And as a
0: teenager, and boy, talk about formative years. Yeah, you know? I,
1: that explains it. I mean, yeah. it's my, you know, so I mean, the, the many good things I've heard about Shooter. There's that too. He, yeah, I mean, no, let's face it. He wasn't an evil man. No, He wasn't, and he a did a awesome lot of good man. for the company. And he, 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 wasn't did, the he was the best responsible for a lot he of was, good stuff that I love. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was a man. Or he is yes. a man. he's, yeah.
0: you know, he's not. No. he's alive. I'm not saying why right. He's no. dead. He's alive. He's human. He's not perfect. Absolutely, but I'm just talking about his effect. But anyway, but, the but point. Did, my my point is ultimately, if if any of this interests you, like it interests me, again, I cannot reiterate uh, more strongly my recommendation of Marvel Comics: The Untold Story by Sean Howe. I it get a, that. It is an, a it is an an absolutely stunningly fascinating read for those who are who know about and think they know about and are interested in the real story, good and bad, that or I should say Christmas bad list. and good, of uh, Marvel Comics. Just really good stuff. So but yeah,
1: let's hope, I'm hoping maybe Disney's not to say, ooh, corporation, big corporation, yay, you're the good guy, but maybe Disney's smart enough. It looks like, from what I've seen of them, Disney's smart enough when they buy something that seems to be working overall. Disney Disney is smart go, enough to know. They go, oh, good. Keep doing this because obviously you're doing the right thing. That's why we bought you.
0: I am. I am totally sanguine with Disney owning Marvel because unlike many previous ownership regimes, who viewed all of Marvel's creative output as something to be commoditized, merchandised, you know, profit maximized and then discarded, um, viewed it like any other commercial commodity. Disney, views Disney has a long history, a very long history of realizing. And acting and their actions bear this out of realizing, for better or for worse, that the value in their, um, product comes from the story. If you make good stories with good characters, people will fall in love with the stories and the characters and hand over their hard-earned dollars for access to those stories and those characters. And so they, they always realize that story comes first. So they've always been very good at letting their creative side um, do what the creative side wants to do. There's a reason that Pixar became Pixar under Disney's ownership. Yeah. There's a reason for that. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the mouse house is free of corporate shenanigans or evil overlordship entirely. But the I fact don't. of the matter is, is that they have a long track record of doing things right from a creative standpoint. So let's at least acknowledge that them owning Marvel is, uh, has proven, and I hate to keep dredging up this thing, but it has proven in my experience to be a much Better thing for us fans than Warner's ownership of DC oh, has God been. Oh, yeah. Warner, we can get <laughs> Warner another time, maybe on the other anyway, show. Yes. But yeah,
1: Warner's just a mess with that. So anyway, anyway that's, a, that's, that's, our, long, that's <laughs> our long way of saying. Long, uh, isn't it cool digression. that Starlin's back doing Thanos stuff? Exactly. Yes, that's entirely what I meant by that. <laughs> so anyway, so we're talk, he talks about Thanos's, they're basically going over Thanos's history. So he talks about his heroic period, like we said, the Thanos mm-hmm. ongoing. Mm hmm. And obviously, you know, Adam says, which didn't last long. Yeah. Because it goes, <laughs> it goes right into talking about the Annihilation War. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, him side, Thanos' sides of Annihilus. Uh, next page. Mm-hmm. Wait, one more.
0: Uh, okay, there we go. Yeah. Yes, I see Annihilus. Annihilus. Yep, yep. Yeah, I like that. Which also didn't last long.
1: Yeah. For no, no reason other than he was the most interesting player in the game. Yeah. And then Thanos' death and Annihilation. Mm-hmm. Again. Again, yes. And then comes back. he comes back. Because apparently the Magus and the Universal Church of Truth thought he'd be useful
0: to them, mm-hmm. which was not a your, good idea. Against yes, your evil other self, the Magus, and his damnable Universal truth of, Church of Truth, they resurrected me to become their slave. <laughs>
1: that didn't work out so well for them, as I recall. Yes, exactly. I love, I love the subtle way they say yeah, like, things of, like, universal destruction and death. It's like, wasn't that, you know, like... People were a little upset when you got Im- unimaginable power, right? Oh, they were a little
0: jealous. You know, the universe tried to kill me. I killed them all. Here's Whatever. what. Here's where I give absolute huge props to Starlin, and it's unusual for a guy with this. So Starlin has great artistic talent. Let me step back for just a moment. We're not going to get very many pages done this podcast, I fear, Al. But
1: that's all right. Um,
0: but we're going to get through. I think what we need to. Okay, so uh, just to take a quick step back here, and just give props where props are due to Starlin. Starlin has is an excellent. Artist. It's not just that his drawings are good, like he designed Thanos, he draws a good figure, he draws a good face, you know, and everything. But in terms of laying things out, staging action, communicating things with art, not just with words, he's a good artist. And it's unusual for some, it, it is unusual, I think, for someone in that, with that kind of artistic ability to also be a very skilled writer. And I want to give him props, because he has hit the perfect Tone in this entire graphic novel, and possibly in those other earlier miniseries that I didn't read, like The End or whatever. Um, I haven't read those, so I cannot comment. But at least in this graphic novel, I have to say he's hitting the perfect balance of giving um, the voices of Thanos and Warlock just enough snark to make them more believable as existing, you know, living and breathing beings. Um, without going all the way into turning them into Rocket Raccoon-style wisecrackers. Yes. And so that, to me, it's 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 not as e- easy a line to walk, as you'd think, and I give him all the credit in the yeah, world they shouldn't for be managing Rocket. it. They shouldn't be Rocket or Spider-Man. Right, exactly. And so they've got a little bit of snark, but not too much, just right, good stuff. So, so they're done going through Thanos's history, and yes. they ex- they exit the his um and info dump. <laughs> yeah,
1: they exit his cosmic sensory depth bank depth
0: uh-huh. tank. Uh huh. And I like this. He's saying, uh, "Now, now I, I appear to be fairly unkillable." <laughs> and as Adam says to him, "And stranger, <laughs> unfortunately." Yes, um, so so it, it's great that they. Um, it's almost like it's almost like Warlock has gone from being his opponent to his co-conspirator here. At this point, like Warlock's like, yeah, okay, I'm on board with this little uh, sh- with these shenanigans. Well, you're not doing anything horrible so far, yeah, so that's okay with me. Uh huh.
1: You know, as long as he's not less, like we said before, he's not going after Thascio, and you you have you know warrants out for you somewhere, so mm-hmm. I'm going to take you in. It's are you doing anything horrible now? No. All right. You're gonna do something horrible, you know. I'm gonna try and stop you, but until you do anything horrible, I don't really give a damn.
0: Right. So now, you know. So Thanos is all like, you know. Well, okay. So he reiterates the central crux of this entire graphic novel's story, which is something strange and unidentified. I can't even tell you what, but something odd is going on. And I, and now, um, I, I, I have the trinket that you hold might be able to tell me. What, but I just don't know how to use it. And so uh, uh, Warlock is just like, uh, have you have you just tried doing this? And he dangles it off his hand to uh, uh, sort of, it's almost like a divining That's exactly what I was saying, a divining rod, And it just starts moving, and he's like, that seems like to be a, going in the direction w- of the coordinates. So. Like a compass. And back they go now to the surface of the planet, where now you, 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 you have your stoner, our, our, our faithful little stoner dude from earlier, who's yes. still just sort of sitting there, feeling all sorts of good about the universe, man. Um, but he's also got a Space Knight there, which is kind of cool, because how often do you see Space Knights these yes. days? She is icon of Galdor, uh-huh. and
1: she actually first appeared in the Thanos Imperative Devastation number 1 from 2011. So okay. she's a pretty
0: recent character. Recent invention. But the Space Knights go back to the days of Rom, the yes. Parker Brothers tie-in. Yeah. Yes, but the Space Knights are still owned by Marvel, which is why you'll see Space Knights,
1: uh-huh. but you will not really see ROM. Uh-huh. I think the only time we've seen ROM since the ROM series ended mm-hmm. was at Rick Jones' Bachelor Party <laughs> in Incredible Hulk 418, 419, okay. and
0: he wasn't wearing his costume okay. because he was out of it now. Interesting. I didn't know that was a costume. Or is that his outfit, his armor? <laughs> is, is his armor. I, I, I honestly didn't know there was anything under there. Well, it was I've never scene, read uh, Rom. I don't oh, yeah. really so know much about Rom. In an issue, in a page,
1: mm-hmm. her Adam takes off her mask. Oh, okay. And there's a person underneath. Okay. So anyway, yeah, she is on the planet with our stoner friend. Yeah. As he's basically soliloizing about why he's getting stoned, like he's, he's yeah, more, like she doesn't even care about him, uh-huh. and he's
0: trying to give an excuse of why he's sitting there getting baked every day. Yeah, because he's because this job is so boring that his entire paycheck is going to getting quote regularly wrecked.
1: <laughs> and she's saying, I love that she's moving stuff around, saying, I don't care. Please, I have
0: things to do. Yeah.
1: Leave me alone, but he's like this paranoid stoner thing Mm -hmm. of, no, I have no. See, you don't understand. Yeah, you don't get it. Don't judge me, man.
0: Yeah, don't. But now, when uh, (laughs) I I love this line, this is good dialogue because uh, uh, because Thanos is still Thanos, and when uh, Thanos and Warlock on the platform sort of hover down, descend down to the Earth. Uh, uh, or the, the 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 surface here, uh, and they note, hey, there's others here, and Warlock says, the woman is a Galadorian space knight, is she not? To which Thanos replies, she is an obstacle in need of removal. <laughs> like, yes, for all that we are getting better insight into him, Thanos is still Thanos. Like I said, cultured thug. Yes. He's still like, <laughs> she's in my way, get rid of her. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, she shoots at them. And she shoots at them, and shenanigans ensue. Uh, um, yeah Warlock take- and Warlock is still Warlock it also needs to get pointed out because when uh, Thanos, she shoots at them and Thanos is like annoyingly confident is she not I love that and Warlock <laughs> responds not enough to merit eradication like it's he's still like you're a, a flea you're in my way I flick you aside and, and Warlock is still like all life is valuable so it's yeah. they, they,
1: Thanos wants to stomp her with the shoe and Adam's like look just give me a tissue give me 30 seconds I'll drop her outside so become and this, no
0: need to kill it <laughs> but they're not fighting each other which makes them this delightful odd couple and that if nothing else is the purpose of this to answer john wilson's question if nothing else is the purpose of this graphic novel it's that we've seen this like one of the great odd couples of comic history come into being starring jack lemon as thanos and tony randall as Adam warlock (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) oh it's genius it's genius.
1: So Adam, takes her, Adam decides to fight her because he also wants to try out his new body, uh-huh, which makes uh-huh. sense. I mean, he's only been around for about an hour or two. Mm-hmm. And he takes her out pretty quickly, about,
0: what, three panels? Yeah, yeah. He's, she, she's like, don't try to trick me with your clever words. And he's like, no, I'm not trying to trick you, but you've made it quite clear that talking this out is not really an option. So I'm just going to drain your power, armor of all its power. Which then, he does very handily, and then showing that Adam is, like said, using the tissue uh-huh. approach as opposed to the boot. Right. He says, "I don't want you to suffocate in this armor." So he rips off the mask. Yep. And then he says, "Now behave." <laughs> Again, just the right level of like snarky dialogue. And at this point,
1: the caretaker of the planet now realizes who it is because mm-hmm. when they first show up, all he says is,
0: "Visitors, and they're real and sweet," it's, but now he's like. Thanos, he's worse than Galactus, we're all gonna die! And he runs off with his hands on his head. It's like the classic, like, panic attack. It's fabulous. If,
1: if this was an animated version, I could see them doing the next page or so of, like, uh-huh. the version of these characters talking to each other. Well, and in the background...
0: Yeah, he just keeps, uh, like, passing all across the frame. Back and forth. Absolutely. Uh, uh. Another uh, Icon also belongs to another group, uh, as Thanos points out. So Icon is not there alone. She also belongs to another group by the name of the Annihilators. Now, have we seen them before? Yes. Uh, Beta Ray Bill, and w- is that, in fact, the gladiator of the Shire yes.
1: Empire? Yes. Actually, I looked up real quick. Uh, it says, following several devastating cosmic events in the Marvel Universe mm-hmm. and the apparent death of star lord Peter Quill, mm-hmm. the heroic Cosmo, the space dog... hmm honored his friend's last wishes and assembled a group of powerful beings to combat threats too big for ordinary that was when, heroes from
0: Wisman. That's when Quill followed in, in, Richard Rider and right Thanos, the the Thanos into, the Cancerverse, into the Cancerverse. Yeah, at the end of the Thanos Imperative. Okay. Uh, the team isn't permanent, but comes together whenever needed. So about 2011... It is a happen. hell of a team. You've got uh, Gladiator and Beta Ray Bill and Ronan the Accuser and the current Quasar, well, actually, not What's it? No. no, it is Quasar. Oh, that is Quasar. He came back. Oh, he came back because the, the last the, the last uh Quasar I saw was Phi Lavelle. Uh, yeah, they switched places. Oh, she okay. dead. She dead. That's a shame because she and Moon Dragon were so cute Moon together. Moon was very upset by that. Yeah, I'm sure she was. And uh, Quasar, ca- Wendell Vaughn came back. Uh huh. So that is Wendell Vaughn. Oh, okay, okay. So that that makes sense. But, I mean, you got to admit, that is... Granted, she's part of it, which is kind of, I guess... I am very happy to see that Beta Ray Bill is still a part of the Marvel Universe. Because, frankly, I have just begun reading, um, within the last few weeks, the Walt Simonson run on Thor. That is still and one I, of my blank of course, spots of stuff I need to read. Of course, the first thing that he does is introduce Beta Ray Bill. And I, I still love Beta Ray Bill whenever I've seen him. He's just awesome. And I do have to say, Simonson right up there with Starlin in terms of great art great uh, 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 words and the fact that I started reading comics in the 1980s um, I started collecting comics reading them consciously um, and and of my own volition in the 1980s I was obviously reading the occasional one-off comic book in the 70s as a young child but um, in the 80s and the fact that I went through the 80s as a comic book reader and I did Spider-Man and I did X-Men and I did all these different things and the fact that I managed to uh, miss Walt Simonson's Thor entirely is uh, uh a bit of a sore subject with me actually. I'm a little upset with myself for that. So I have to say better late than never. Yes, I so still, it makes me very I happy still to catch see... up with that cuz I've heard
1: about it for years. Yeah. I've read maybe like in reprints or like crossover things like an issue here and there. Mm-hmm. But never the whole run.
0: Right. I think the only one I'd read prior to that was the one that tied into the Mutant Massacre uh, when he encountered Angel I don't in the think Mortal I read tunnels. those.
1: I know there was one that was like they did like a Thor like special like a not an annual but kind mm-hmm. of like that a couple mm-hmm. years ago and they reprinted like the issue where the executioner dies back then ah uh, you know, like,
0: yes and then also
1: which was yes. a great one and there's also uh, was
0: that was that Simonson's run or yes. was that part of the DeFalco and Friends run that followed it no that was definitely Simonson oh, okay. because
1: there's one thing I always found weird is that they're showing hell mm-hmm. and there's a person there in the yellow and black X-Men costume mm-hmm. and I'm trying to figure out who the hell that was supposed to be because mm. it was like why is this person there
0: randomly uh huh I don't know. I'd have to look. But other Uh, than that, when I get when I get there, I'll let you know. But uh, beyond that, the only
1: issue of Thor I got from that period was I think three sixty three, which was uh, which was a crossover with Power Pack, right? Curse, right. Because that was the first Marvel book, first comic I was started reading. Right, exactly. I started collecting that.
0: And he's got Stormbreaker, and uh, it just makes me happy to see Bill. And there's
1: one other Annihilator that they mentioned that
0: isn't shown on this page: Uh the Silver Surfer, Ah, which ties in who else we have in the book. Okay. And between that and the mention of the Annihilation War, that finally probably places this firmly um, in the present day, but probably I'm still guessing before Infinity. Actually, I think it is after Infinity because they they talked about
1: his, his, his uh, interaction with the Avengers recently with dune because the Bad dune was
0: Infinity. Yeah, we'll get to that. The Bad Dune were also th- his uh, his shock troops. I'm hoping we'll get to that another page or a
1: few pages, but they do explain. Mm-hmm. I think there's an explanation for everything there now. Yes. Uh, okay. So at this double page spread, I know we got yeah. a little less done this time, but we will we should finish it off the next time. Yep. With this double page spread of the Annihilators minus Silver Surfer facing off with Thanos and Adam
0: Warlock on the planet with and Stoner running in back background somewhere screaming. It's great because Icon and Icon has this grin on her face like, my buddies are showing up, you're in trouble now, daddy's home. My boy. <laughs> I don't want to say boyfriend's back. It's not like she can't do it. I actually, I don't know much about her. Yeah. I have to assume
1: she has enough power to take, because I mean, this is a pretty powerful team. Mm-hmm. Granted, Adam took her out pretty easily, but for the most part they take, uh, they, Adam and Thanos, as we're going to see in the next, next time, they take care of these guys pretty quickly as Yes. Well. So yes, I'm going to assume that she's at its least... Even if she's the least powerful of all of them, she's not that far off. It's not like Spider-Man hanging out with this team.
0: Right. Well, no, no. It's, it's not. She, well, I was gonna say, it's not like she's Squirrel Girl, but as we've discovered, Squirrel Girl is actually pretty powerful. Yes. So. Squirrel Girl's tough. Yeah.
1: Alright, so we went on meandering a bit on this one, but that's kind of the fun of doing podcast stuff. Absolutely. That you, can go, go you know go
0: these meandering conversations. and I have no Sorry. issue if we go off a little bit. Sorry that all the digressions uh, sort of reduced our page count, but on the flip side, this is some of the best uh, uh, conversation on comics I've had in a long while, so thank you for that, Al. Oh, thank you. That's the whole point of doing this. This That's the fun part of doing this. Exactly. It was my pleasure to be here. Yeah.
1: All right. And so I'll come back in a second, then. I'm going to do the after stuff. Post-game wrap-up. But first, Brian, just in case people don't know, where Uh, can
0: they find you besides here? If you want to uh, hear my uh, voice uh, also talking about comics, you can do so. Al and I also do Four Color Fanboys. Uh, That's at fourcolor.podwits.com. And also, I am, uh, part of the, uh, duo that does Wahoo, the Sergeant Fury podcast, covering Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos, the classic 1960s Marvel Comics war comic, uh, from the very beginning. And, uh, that one's at furycast.podwits.com. Both those, uh, podwi- podcasts are on the Podwits Podcast Network and are also available on iTunes. And you can now also follow Wahoo, the Sergeant Fury podcast on Twitter. At Wahoo Podcast. So uh, all those ways that you can follow us and uh, you can hear me talking about comics. I'm also on the the regular Podwitz podcast at Podwitz.com, talking about all sorts of stuff. Occasionally comics, usually not. So it's all good stuff. So I'm all over the place. I'm a podcasting fool.
1: All right. And thank you, Brian. We'll be back in a little bit. I'll be back in a few seconds, actually, with uh, doing the wrap-up of the show, and Brian will be back next episode to finish off with Thanos, the Infinity Revelation. Yes, I will. All right. Okay, that's pretty much it for this episode. We just got a few things to close up, and then the episode will be done. And you can all go home. Or just go listen to something else. Anyway, first of all, where can you find this issue reprinted? Well, it's pretty damn recent, so it's really not reprinted anywhere. The only other place you can get it besides the original hardcover form is the digital version, which you can get on Comixology. And also now we're going to check in again on where Adam's friends are up to. And since the last two episodes and the next episode, we're doing the same issue. It's all going to be the same friends, so we're breaking it up, because otherwise we've done it all at once. So this episode, we're going to be talking about what the Hulk is up to. And the Hulk was up to issue five of his 2014 series, by Gary Dugan, Mark Bagley, and Andrew Hennessy. New writer Gary Dugan joined superstar artist Mark Bagley on an all-new arc. Hulk is now dot 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 Banner no more. If anyone want to send a message to me, you can send an email at ResurrectionsPodcast at yahoo dot com. You can also leave me a review on iTunes, and we do in fact have a new review to re- talk about today. And this review is from the Dank One T H A D A N K O N E. And it's titled, Cosmic High Five. I love Adam Warlock, and I love the podcast. Really enjoy when you have a guest. Keep up the great work, Infinity Watcher. Thank you, Infinity Watcher. Even though, going by your comment here, obviously you prefer to not hear me. But still, you're listening and downloading, so I'm going to ignore that and not care. So, yes, you can still insult me somewhat, as long as you leave a review that also gives... Five stars, which he did. So, send an email, leave an iTunes review, and if you really miss me, you can find me talking with Brian, like he said before, on Four Color Fanboys. Uh, you can find that on iTunes or at fourcolor.podwords.com. You can also find me on Podrec with my co-host, the Buck. Uh, Podrec is a podcast where two hosts stumble through a semi-structured slu- show, like a sorority slut stumbling home on Sunday morning. And that can be found on buckonstuff.com, and that was a lot of S-words. Wow. All right, well, Brian and I will be back soon with part four, which should hopefully be the last part of Thanos, the Infinity Revelation. Take care, guys. Bye. Resurrections, an Animal Warlock podcast, is a fan made production. And any stupid little comment that Brian and I made regarding any comic books owned by Marvel or DC or TV shows or movies or whatever owned by their own respective trademark and copyright holders. No infringement is intended, no money is made, no money is attempted to be made. But yeah, Flash, all I'll say is this, Gotham seems okay. I've seen the first two so far. Mm-hmm. The thing about Gotham is it reminds me... I've seen the first of,
0: three, yeah. I'm, so I'm two behind.
1: It reminds me of Smallville and what they're doing with Spider-Man with restarting it, where mm-hmm. it's, oh, look, let's do his origin again. Mm-hmm. Or look, it's, you know, Commissioner Gordon, but it's not Commissioner Gordon. And that's Catwoman, but not yet. And that's Batman, but not yet. And meanwhile, Flash is, here's the Flash in a costume, fighting Captain Cold, you know, with mm-hmm. cold powers and everything. And you're like... And it was like, oh, and yeah, we, we've shown you that we've shown you a science is Grodd. So he's coming up. Gorilla of coming soon. And oh, yeah, in the first episode, I mean, I'm not going to say specific how it happens. But yeah, there's a mention of the crisis. Fortunately. And for you're me. like, <gasps> <gasps> it's like watching Avengers after watching. Right. Which was such an experience. But for me. The 80s, the 80s, Cap- the 70s Captain America movie or like the 70s Hulk's TV show, which mm-hmm. was great. But still, it's very different than. <gasps> holy crap. There's Hulk fighting tanks and fighting Thor. Yeah. Yeah,
0: but for me, I say I don't suffer from that so much because as a person with no real investment or history with the Batman mythos, um, I am, I suspect, both Gotham and Smallville's target audience because I think those shows were designed to play best to people who were not comic fans. To no. people well, I to people who that. wanted to come into it cold and engage with the story that was being told on its own isolated terms. No. And from that point of view, I think I'm faring better with Gotham than a lot of other people because Jay Marcus had exactly the same complaint.
1: Yeah. I mean, I like it, it's good. I love a lot of uh, the actors. I love Ben McKenzie. I think he's doing he, such a great job, and I'm so invested in the um, story of
0: the of the town's corruption. Yeah, and his conflicts with uh, the mayor. His conflicts with uh, with Bullock. Yeah, I love the guy playing Bullock, Donald Logue. Donald Logue is which so I still good need to watch his show. Everything I've seen him that in. show he
1: did Terriers. I still need to watch.
0: So much fun. I was so Marilyn and I were redonkulously pissed but when that show got in, canceled. At that movie? One season. The Dallas Steve, uh, which I didn't see, but. My point is, yeah, I love him in everything. So Ben he's McKenzie, great. I've liked since uh, the OC. I never saw him before, but I Such love him a, in this. I can't
1: believe how much comic it was. There's episodes that have like five minute conversations about like what was better, Teen Titans or Legion that month. <laughs>
0: but um, also um, but yeah, the whole the whole bit with Barbara, and not just that she is crazy hot, but also oh, yeah. that also that she is um, you know, Montoya keeps coming to her with these like insinuations and shit, and Barbara's like no. Get out and I'm not buying it. Yeah, and I'm like, I like all like all of that is like making this a fun show for me to do. Well they watch. made Barbara
1: Gordon that, not Batgirl but the mother and actually yeah. the
0: character because if she really is Barbara the most Kane. Ever,
1: the most I've ever seen of her was in um, Batman Year One. And right. She's just very, very peripheral in it. She's about as much as if you saw Dark Knight, uh huh. She's about in that as much as she is Dark Knight. Uh-huh. You know, so there's really not much of her. But they merged, they merged her because the character of Batwoman mm-hmm. that DC had, the one that came out, made a big deal when it came out a few years ago. Mm-hmm. She's a lesbian, mm-hmm. and she yeah. was involved with Bar- that's- with Montoya. Was uh, oh god, I forgot her first name now. It's not Barbara Kane. Something Kathy no,
0: Kane. Kathy
1: Kane, and yeah, Kane, and that is her last name. So they've merged Barbara Gordon with right. her,
0: right? And she, which is funny because now her maiden name is Kane.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> so but the, now I wonder if they're going to make her related to Bruce Wayne still, because that's. They're actually like cousins or second cousins or something. Mm. I'm not fully up on what what the deal is with them, but they are related.
0: But it's like, uh, uh, that's the part, like, for me, I don't even need Batman. The only part of that that's interesting is the bit where they say, okay, clearly, there is a limit on this show, because Gordon can't, you know, as hard as he's trying, he can't clean up Gotham, because if he did, there would be no need for Batman, and we know that there ultimately will be a Batman. Yeah. So that's a limit that's placed on the show, and I'm like, okay, that's an interesting argument, but for the most part... That's the thing, especially about Bendis' writing, but about a lot of modern writers, is, like, they read much better as, like, trade-length six-issue chunks than as monthly issues. So I'm looking forward to that. But, yeah. Oh, and I also have to say, thanks to Marvel Unlimited, the new Ms. Marvel is literally the best frickin' thing I've read in years. I love New Miss that so much like it caught. I didn't read all of it. I read the last few issues. I read. There's only three on Marvel Unlimited, so I read. You know, uh, 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 numbers one through three. Complete fell in complete instant love. So kudos to G Willow Wilson. Kudos to them and and God just so good. But I did read like the last issue or two, like when she oh, a Lockjaw shows up It's so awesome. Oh, and I love when um and and I think what what initially uh uh got me to consider like reading it because I'll tell you what I avoided it the social like hype around it what you know oh it's a girl it's a Muslim oh it's so yeah. you know important you know that sort of made me cynical and I'm like oh, everybody's just you know like praising it to the skies because it's it's so you know quote unquote. Important and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so I sort of avoided it. But then she turned up and did her uh, two-issue guest spot in Amazing Spider-Man. Um, the last two issues of Amazing Spider-Man, she did her guest spot, and I was just like, oh, she's awesome.
1: Well, he's in the last issue. She's all excited about teaming up
0: with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, oh.
1: they have a thing with Lockjaw, and Lockjaw's just running down the street. I mean, it just, I mean I'm... I don't know mm-hmm. if you want to say it, but like, this really is not a spoiler right. it's, like, it's very simple it's very in the first two pages he's just running down the street I guess where going going with the Inhumans he's not there right now mm-hmm. and he just running the street and she stopped all of a sudden this giant dog obviously he's mm-hmm. terrifying people and she to stop, and she just stands in front of him and he just she goes, she's like oh my god look at you and she gives him a hug mm-hmm. and he starts licking her you can see the big silence <laughs> next is hi my name is Lockjaw I like hugs <laughs> that's what I'm
0: talking about and as of right like, now for so... last
1: issue or two he's her dog
0: I love it I love it. And don't tell me, but I cannot wait to see what her parents think of that.
1: Oh, it's... Yeah.
0: See, it's just... And a great supporting cast. I love her family. I love Bruno. I love... I love... Uh, oh, Kiki. I'm sorry. Nakia. Um, and what's the name of the concerned troll? Um, the 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 blonde chick who's just so concerned that she saves in the first issue. But I just... I love, oh, I love yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love the whole the whole bit. I love it. So... Um, oh, wrong one, that's right So yeah, I'll tell you what Already, just a month and a half in or whatever And Marvel Unlimited is already the best $70 I ever spent Yeah, it is so it worth is it It is so worth it If like, And it's so good to the point where if DC ever does anything even remotely similar I will strongly consider Because what a way to catch up on my Batman and Superman and, you know, JLA lore, huh?
1: Yeah Oh, it's perfect! Are you kidding? Yeah, I so would so. If DC so... ever
0: did that, but you know, that means they got to get their heads out of their ass as a uh, as a comic book company. Yeah, well,
1: and... they do. Dif- they both do it differently over digital. I mean, DC is doesn't have that, which Marvel does. Uh huh. However, DC is better price wise with it because their stuff after two months mm-hmm. will- drops a dollar. Mm. And they'll both they'll you know, both of them will occasionally like you know when you- usually it's buying comicology for mm-hmm. the most part. Or through that, both of them will have dollar, you know, dollar sales anyway. Mm-hmm. But still, DC stuff will be in general cheaper. Marvel stuff, I see that for months at a time at cover price. Yeah, and sometimes the cover price is four ninety nine.
0: That is true. Yeah,
1: and they're not even dropping it down like to three ninety nine or something. It's like you know, six months later, it's like that's still five bucks. Let me
0: snarf up the rest of my bagel because it is eleven o'clock, and we want to make sure that we. Uh, yeah, well, we're not time. doing the whole thing,
1: but, right? But I the know. way I, when I counted kind of the pages out, I looked. I'm like, oh, this is four issues basically.
0: Yep. So
1: four episodes is fine. Yeah. Okay, that works. All right. So yeah, we'll give me a minute to sharp up your. Baby. Yeah. We'll just so I'm not recording. chewing.
0: Not so, so I'm not chewing on the. Uh, on the. So air. you know what?
1: If it goes a little less in this one, the other one, we try and make sure we get closer to ten, and then that way we. Yeah. Know, if we have to do a little more of an issue of it than an issue in that one, that's yeah. fine. I just plus, some stuff plus around when it starts flowing near do. the end, it gets to be a lot of double, you know, giant mm-hmm. page spreads anyway. Which mm-hmm. I mean, we'll get stuff to talk about, but it's not like it's twelve panels; it's one big page. You know, mm-hmm. the story progresses.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I know what you mean about the whole thing about Miss Marvel because it's the same thing with Batgirl. Mm-hmm. The whole new thing of the new redoing of Batgirl. Mm-hmm. Have you seen anything about
0: that? Um, no. Oh, they, last last I heard about Batgirl was when the uh, and this was probably a I think couple I said of when years ago now. Shot her. Well, no, no, no. no. Um, <laughs> oh no, I'm thinking Batwoman. No, I
1: don't know anything about Batgirl. They had a new creative team on it now, and there's like a new cover. Like there's this big image of a cover of her taking a selfie, and it's a new revised costume. The similar stuff that was going on with, um,
0: And Was Ms. that Martin. an actual cover? Because I know that DC did a whole uh, line of selfie variant.
1: Yeah, well, that's the actual... Yeah, that was, one the, that was the variant cover. For, I think... I forgot that it actually might have been the regular cover for okay. it. But it was also a big thing because, um... Like, there's a more, like, real supposed to be supposedly realistic-looking costume. Mm-hmm. But also it's, um... A new, younger, hipper, girl And it's not a bad one, but as mm-hmm. I'm reading, I'm like, Okay, this is fun and everything. Mm-hmm. But this doesn't read like Barbara Gordon, and this doesn't read like somebody who's been doing this for any period of time. This almost looks like you had a concept for a new character, and instead you took the new character out and put Batgirl in its place. Mm -hmm. She's now back in school. She's in graduate school. But she's living in an apartment. she got an apartment with, like, six other girls. And the first night, there's this huge party, and she gets trashed. And she wakes up the next day, and she's like, wait, did I sleep with that guy? (laughs) And I'm not saying... She's, you know, oh my God, she had fun. No, mm-hmm. but it's just like, that's just, it's a, so cliche. that's just a bit of an extreme of somebody who hasn't been doing this hero stuff where, you know, she's acting like a complete novice. Like mm-hmm. it's her first week and she's still, and she's like, well, yeah, I'm just having a party. What's wrong with that? You know, and that doesn't seem like anything like she would do. It's like, they can, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, different character. And it almost seems like they had a different character in mind, like a brand new character. And then they went. Oh, let's use
0: Batgirl instead. Yeah, the the name will sell better. It's sad,
1: you and, know. That I was I thought actually- it was okay, and if it was a new character,
0: I thought it would have thought it was
1: pretty good. Mm-hmm. Although, also, I had a little issue with the villain. He's apparently like stealing stuff online from people and like releasing it, like people's information. But he's a mogul. for
0: it. Ooh, topical.
1: Yes, but he's like a mogul for it. I'm like. Isn't the guy who released Uh-oh. all the nude celebrities, like, you know, got worried about getting arrested, you know, threatened mm-hmm. to get arrested if they find out who he is, but here now he's apparently able to do it legally mm-hmm. and make money off of it? I'm like, uh, how does that work? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and if that was the only problem, I would have been okay, because everything else would have been fine, but because it's, if it was a new character, mm-hmm. but because they're saying this is Barbara Gordon Batgirl, I'm like, that's,
0: really? It was fine, because all I hear... Is uh, is pushback against reinventions and blah blah blah, and yet apparently, um,
1: that's one thing that everyone's all excited about.
0: You no,
1: know. uh, it goes back and forth. I don't know people. And I mean, I'm fine. I don't. I don't want everything. This, you know, I'm. Fi- I like. I'm one of the people who likes when things change. I prefer no. the idea that hey, you know, Spider Man was only in high school for about 27 issues. Yeah. that should not be the default in everyone's heads because was never my default when I was a five-year-old, when mm-hmm. I was watching Spider-Man's Amazing Friends. Mm-hmm. He was not in high school, college, but mm-hmm. not in high school. He was more of a grown-up. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he wasn't a grown-grown-up, but, like... I'm sorry, when they start Brand New Day and he's, like, 28, 29 years old and still living at Maze and still completely broken, nothing ever... I'm like, you know, I can go back to 1985 and get back issues for a buck and read this. I thought I used to be able to plug this into the computer, no problem. Oh, I'm using that wrong port. I'm using the port for the microphone.